you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Here today, we're going to give you a special two-for-one episode. We're going to recap the game against James Madison as well as preview the upcoming game against the Missouri Tigers this Saturday. Mountaineers off to a 1-0 start. And here to talk about it with me, our contributors to Almost Heaven Athletics, we have Bradley. Hey guys, how's it going? And we have Steven. What's up, everybody? All right, gentlemen. So, um, no further ado, let's get into it. Let's talk a little uh, James Madison. Um, anybody have anything they want to share, opening thoughts wise? Uh, it's kind of some takeaways from the game before we get into, you know, specific stats and numbers and what have you. Uh, Bradley, anything you want to add? Um, you know, I, I'm not going to jump into too much. I didn't have that much time to look up stats and stuff this week. I've been I've been crazy busy. But I, I do I do typically watch the games twice in a row. There's a man, WRX man, if you're out there listening on YouTube. He always reposts the games. Oh, yeah. You guys should always it's go watch clutch. Yeah. Um, no, I was, I was, you know, it was a game. It was a game worth watching. Right. Um, the JMU was good. That was a that was a really good team. I'm, I mean, that looks like a bunch of kids that have played a, a bunch of ball together. You know, they looked like they were gearing ready to go even under a first year head coach. I think that they were a, a ready team to play, and I think they smacked us in the mouth a little bit in the beginning. To be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they were a very experienced, very intelligent team, and and the game was a bit of a mixed bag. But you know, at, le- at least you come out on the, on the positive side of it, I guess. Uh, Stephen, any opening thoughts about uh, James Madison and the season opener? Uh, I agree with you guys. I think uh, JMU played very, very well together. They look, you can tell that they have played together for years. Uh, I, I thought the second, or I mean, the first half was very shaky on WVU's part, but I thought that the coaching staff and the players did a good job of adjusting at halftime and uh, had a strong showing in the second half on offense and defense, more so on defense. Uh, but I liked, I liked what we did in the second half better. Yeah, I think I think that's the one of the biggest takeaways that I have from the game is the in-game halftime and in-game adjustments were phenomenal by the coaching staff. Yeah, the and second half was significantly better. Absolutely, and that's and that's a pleasant surprise because that's something you know not to harp on the previous coaching staff or anything, but I'll that's something that a lot of Mountaineer fans have been wanting to see is in-game adjustments. That's been very lacking in that department for the past few years at West Virginia. Yeah, and I think I saw like an air. I was curious of how you know Neil Brown was going to come in and call this game, and he took it pretty conservative. You know, we got some close fourth downs in there that you know we could have you know tried to push it, go for the touchdown. He just settled for the field goals, and yeah, we missed one of them. But you know, I think it was something to see that he was you know playing smart ball, you know, getting the good points when you can. And he did go for a fourth down, you know, once or twice, and I think we picked both those up or the one up. But you know, it, I, it was really just interesting to see Neil Brown's calling. Uh, yeah. this game. absolutely I'll, you know watching him on the on the sidelines and and whatever um i don't i don't know if, I, th- I know Stephen was at the game I, bradley were you at the game as well oh no i didn't we were actually feeding the play uh the the, the players breakfast they stayed the night at the hotel at the marriott down here and 
Uh, uh, right I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get off till about an hour before the game, and I was been running on very little sleep. I'd been there since six o'clock in the morning. So uh, I heard that. Yeah, I was just gonna man. say because I on, got a on, beer, watch the game at sports page, and just hey, no, there you go. Because well, on the on the TV broadcast, they showed Neil Brown on the sidelines a couple of times, and you know he's got his little he's got his notes with him there. He's got a red sharpie. He's taking notes the entire game, and I was really impressed by that kind of really calm demeanor. But you can tell that he's thinking ahead, and he's really you know game planning while the game's going on as well. Uh, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I watched uh, Neil Brown the whole time during the game as much as I could, and, and the whole entire time, uh, no matter what the situation was, including the first half, uh, he always stayed calm and never really got rattled. Uh, I, I think I know that he knows what he's doing. So I, I think that he uh, he's just figuring out where we are right now. Uh, I don't think he's panicked too much about the guys. I, I mean, he warned us going into this game that it wasn't going to be pretty. Jamie, so, <laughs> all you got to do is listen to the press conferences. But um, but I, I, I like Neil Brown, man. I, I, you know, some of the fans were booing him at some points in the I game. I hated to hear that. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, totally I, apart. I, was like, How is this I wish that yeah. I could say that I was surprised by that. <laughs> but uh, if you're a Mountaineer fan and you've seen what Mountaineer Nation – yeah. Uh, reacts to and the way they react to things, you kind of expect those things. Absolutely. It almost makes me sad how much I just, you know, expected it under Dana, you know, with Jamin just to take it. And now the boo yeah. and Neil Brown, and I'm just like, hey, let's not do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, come on. It's like yeah. the honey, the honeymoon was over, at, you know, in the first half, it seems like. Yeah. Now, well, since we're talking about Dana, uh, oh, I wonder if he likes the score of the game, you know, last Sunday better than the 59 56 score he mentioned that was the reason, <laughs> one of the reasons he left WVU. Man, Ooh, can I, I, I will say, uh, watching that game, did, does anyone else think that that Houston defense remind you so much of the er, first couple of years, the 2012-2013 West Virginia defenses? I didn't actually get to watch West Virginia defense. I didn't yeah. actually get to watch a game. I was working. Uh, we had a Kevin Gates concert. I was working Kevin Gates concert. Oh, nice. And, uh, busy man, Bradley. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I wish I was more busy. To go on, but some good in the weeks. But uh, anyway, jeez, oh, I done got lost where I was going now. <laughs> I didn't get to watch the Houston game. I watched the highlights is where I was going. And, uh, yeah, that's mean, all you needed to see. Yeah, as well. I had to work that night as well. But uh, I, I kind of glimpsed at the TV every chance I, every chance that I got. And Houston did not look well until the Houston, until Oklahoma put their second and third string guys in. Yep. I'm just going to make I, – I got curious, you know, a few weeks ago. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go through and I want to find all the pressers and uh, anything that Dana Holgerson has done in the media with Houston since he's been there. You know, I was like, I want to see – uh, you know, what I've been seeing with Neil Brown, you know, I've, of course, I've been actively looking at Dixon's in front of my face, WU stuff. I was like, I want to see what Dana's is looking like. Yeah, I mean, what's his uh, preseason looking like? And I'll tell you, man, just watching the conferences and the pressers, I I don't know how I ever stood listening to the man. Yeah, he's not very well, well spoken. If you, you'd be very hard-pressed to find one of his pressers in this offseason that hasn't included a batch at West Virginia at one point or another. I don't, that is true. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why he feels the need to keep bringing West Virginia up. You know, like people talk about our fans bringing him up, but I think that it goes both ways because he's doing it as well. Yeah. I think Dana Holgerson quickly realized that we were getting rid of him. He wasn't leaving us. Oh yeah, yeah it think, was. It was mutual. I think Dana should be thankful for the opportunity that we gave him to be a head coach. I mean, you know, if someone Absolutely. gives you that kind of opportunity yeah, and gave you that many chances over that many years with the kind of calibers that he had or caliber players that he had. And chance after chance, you know, people like me and, and uh, Cruz over here are, you know, telling people to calm down and give him another chance, and then he makes us look like fools. Yeah. You know, yeah I was always, you know. 
was you know, I supported him. I did, but you know, it's it's the difference between he. I think he knows football well, but I don't know if he's, you know, necessarily as far as a building a program in the way that I see yeah. Neil Somebody Brown. He always played things. for his team and not really for his program. And yeah, exactly. I didn't yeah, realize how true that was until he was gone. Because just listening to Neil Brown in these pressure conferences, I know going in, the first thing he's going to do is he's going to give me five minutes of this is up to date. He's going to answer a lot of the questions you have. You know, like here's how these players are doing. Here's what I thought. Here's you know, like some of the statistics, things we did good, things we did bad. And then he's going to open it up to questions, and people are going to hit good, hard hitting questions that we like want to know the answers to. And it's just it's it's relieving, like it's refreshing just to have a man that comes in well composed, knows what he's talking about, knows what he's going in, what he's going to say. You know, and yeah, and he I- has a vision. He has a he never stumbles over words. He's years when, down the road. When Dana was here, you know, you used to hear everybody say, "Well, if we get rid of Dana, who are we going to get?" Well, well, then we, I think we, we got Neil Brown. Right. I think I, I think we traded up. I agree. Know, I agree. All right, but let's continue. Uh, this James Madison game. Sorry, I, we got off on that Neil Brown thing. <laughs> yeah, we went we went down a little <laughs> rabbit hole, but we could go on a very long tirade. It's the first time us three have gotten together and talked about it. So you know how it came out. Yeah, it's going to happen. Just the game, game. I thought uh, Austin Kendall did well. I thought he, you know, he, he I, I played. Do, I do too. I was, I was uh, pleased with him. Running backs, they were disappointing. I was disappointed in the running backs. I, I'm, not, I'm not so much disappointing in the running backs as much so as the offensive line. I think the offensive line, you know, we knew it was a big question mark, but my, my God, that was that was atrocious. That it was I mean, bad. You had it nothing was... on the right side. Uh, well, a lot of times you had nothing on the left line. side. You couldn't. And then Kelby Josh Siebel, had a rough day. Yeah, Josh Seals, I mean, the guy in the middle, he couldn't do anything because he's got to take on two big bodies. I mean, it, it's it that that's going to need some work for this. To be fair, that was JMU's strong point. Like we knew that they were going to be good, but oh like, yeah, but but at the same time, you you know, you got an average of fifty three pounds on all those guys. And it's, I heard Neil Brown say, "I'm not likes, downgrading the program. It's oh, it's exactly. a good program." But but I heard Neil Brown earlier. He was talking about. He said, "You know, the thing our guys are worried about is their show." Worried about hitting everything perfectly, that they're not taking time to just play. You know what I mean? They're not reacting. They're they're, they're trying to you know make sure they Thank get the catch. And it's making them sluggish. You know what I mean? They're like pulling sluggish. Like, I need to make them understand that they don't have to look at their feet to make sure that they know where they're going. That they can play heads up and hands up football. And you know, I think that's just trusting in the program. I think that's yeah, I think that absolutely freshman mistakes. It's it's youth. Well, and you know, he also said that you know it wasn't just offensive line, but blocking across the board was way worse than he expected it to be. You know, he said through camp, T.J. Simmons and the inside receivers and the tight ends blocked really well, and he said they were you know putrid in the game as well. And to go along with the offensive line when it comes to run blocking or blocking on the bubble screens, tunnel screens, things like that. Also, did I see Giovanni Haskins in the game? Am I crazy? Did that just yeah. kind of blow? Away? No, he he came in in the uh, in the second half. He I think that he sat out Pretty the sure. first half, and then if actually if you look, speaking of him on the depth chart for Missouri, he is back in the first team slot ahead of Mike O'Laughlin. So I oh, kind of yeah. get the, got O'Laughlin the feeling that they, it was a little bit of a punishment because he didn't play in the first half, played in the second half, and now Ooh. back in, in the starting spot. So huh. okay, that's it's interesting to see how that was. Yeah. Handled. You know, be but, what it be, I guess. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. and so. I think, you know, we talked about the in-game adjustments, but then another thing that we haven't seen really well in Morgantown in, you know, maybe a decade that I think was really a bright spot is special teams, guys. Special teams were awesome. I've been waiting to talk about this. They were awesome. The punter was great. The kicker was great. I mean, he had great special teams in Troy. I don't know why I ever second-guessed it. Yeah. That was one of the main things I've been excited about. I mean, I can't stress this enough how much 
of a delight it was to see the special teams play the way they did on Saturday. They I were mean, a big reason we, we won a, the game. Oh, absolutely. I think it's the biggest reason we won the game. I mean, other oh, than yeah. the fact that Evan Staley uh, missed the field goal. Yeah, other, I mean, I, I, I thought they were darn near perfect. All of his, most of his field goals were, uh, you know, four, I think yeah, all three were 40 something. And defense with special teams, too. Uh, the Steels oh, yeah. blocked field goal. Oh man, huge, huge changes changes the game arguably. Yeah, I'll tell you honestly, what you're. I know we we're talking about this later, but players of the players of the game. I think I'm gonna give mine to Darius Still. That kid that was that kid was a monster. Oh, has to be. Oh yeah, has definitely. You got you got to have him up there. He's and he was just excited about every play he made too. You know what I mean? He just he's he's whoop. got a he's got a lot of he's got a motor about him. You know, he and never quits. Yeah, both both the Stills brothers. And I feel a lot of people have overlooked him for his brother, the younger Dante Stills. And, you know, but I Darius so, is just really putting his. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Play your lights up, boy. Play your... I've been saying that all year, man, brothers. And I think anybody with a brain and two eyes saw you know that coming. But... Yeah, it was it was nice. It was very nice. Special teams, uh, pleasant surprise for sure. I think that that was a, special teams was a big factor, and taking care of the football was a big factor for the Mountaineers. You know, they forced three turnovers and don't give the ball away any. I think when you have a team like West Virginia has that's inexperienced, you're going to have to win games that way this season. You're going to have to rely on special teams and taking care of the ball, and West Virginia did that, and, and it and it led to a win. And I think they if they continue to do that, it's, it can lead to more wins. Definitely. Oh, no what doubt about that. I think that, you know, the, the security of the football is the biggest reason they won other than the special teams play. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you can credit, you know, the adjustments at halftime, special teams play, and take care of the football is, you know, kind of the three uh, ways that West Virginia won the game. A few lucky blown coverages. Yeah, that, that as well. That didn't hurt either. Yeah, the Tevin Bush touchdown could have been attributed to blown coverage. Yeah. I, One of, and another weakness I saw us have is I felt like we were – Letting we were getting hit more than we were giving hits sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of players getting hit, and you're seeing them. You know, they take them to the ground, but the player gets an extra yard or two just you know, you know, falling backwards. You know, not driving the feet, not getting in position, and you know, really finishing through with the tackle. You know, those one or two yards going to add up, boys. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, for sure. It's you know, pop in there. There's definitely a lot of things to improve on going forward. You know, the running game, etc. I think West Virginia needs to be able to put longer drives together because if you look at it this game West Virginia surprisingly never entered the red zone both the touchdown passes they had were a 28 yarder and a 22 yarder so didn't enter the red zone yet uh Evan Staley's field goals were from outside the red zone so never even entered the red zone and still managed to win that doesn't happen often so hopefully they can uh continue to move the ball a little bit better going forward I noticed that we ran the ball a good bit on third down I thought that was kind of interesting kind of unique I think I think so too I yeah, think, that was. A, oh, I think that was the, that was one of the facts, or one of the things that uh, the fans were booing at one point in the game was uh, the, the when continued. it was third and thirteen and got a couple yards or third and eleven. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, I also yeah, think Neil this Brown is continued a, to run the ball, and uh, you know, fans didn't react well to that. But uh, I think this is also a set of fans that just got done with the year with Will Greer and Dana Holgerson shooting for the moon. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it's, those uh, guys it's, are holding nothing back. Where you can't have that same season this year. I'm trying to take some. You got those guys. Pay attention Not to the football lines. whenever it's on TV, and other than that, they don't know what's going yeah. on. So. you got to play smart, and I think when you look at it, um, I heard Jed Drenning talk about that play in, in the postgame, actually, and he and he was mentioning that you know Evan Staley had missed one from about the distance they were, so he said Neil Brown knew that if he used a run and got two or three more yards, there was a greater chance of Evan Staley making that field goal, which, which he did. Yeah, I think Evan Staley is going to be better uh, as the season goes along. I think, uh, you know, Josh Groudon's only been on campus for, what, about two weeks now? 
hasn't yeah, been long. A couple weeks. Uh, yeah. So you know he's got a good holder in Josh Groudon, but I think you know they've got they're going to have time have to have time to gel together. Uh, you know it doesn't take that long for kickers to do that, but I think it'll be all right. I think I don't think uh, you're going to see him miss very many this year. And we've seen what Josh Groudon can do. He can kick it long, or he can place it inside the twenty when he needs to. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, that guy's impressive. And I think the uh, yeah, he does some think, crazy things, but he's good. I with think it. the call whenever they uh, call. Uh, if you remember the play when they almost had it down to, on the one, I believe it was, or somewhere near that, and oh, they called when, it back uh, and they called it a touchback. Oh, when Norwood jumped into the end zone and batted, yeah, the, and batted uh, the ball there, yeah, kind yeah, that was, that was point. I don't, I don't understand how they called because you know he never entered the end zone. I thought that if you jumped from outside and, and tapped it back, it was good to go. But I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I think it's once the ball yeah. crosses the line. Yeah, if, the if they, if I'm not mistaken, that's the way it used to be. They, they may have changed in, in the past few seasons, but yeah, I know that's for, what they were saying on the broadcast was that once the ball crosses, it's a touchback. But I always thought that if you jumped from outside, so they must have changed that uh, in recent years, I guess. Yeah. Uh, also, offensive player of the game. Well, I brought up Jerry Shields. I'm going to bring up uh, Tevin Bush. That was one of my breakout players of the year, and I think that kid. I think he had a stellar first game. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, while we're on it, let's let's talk play of the game because that kind of leads right into my play of the game, which is the 41 yard catch and run by Tevin Bush to start the second half. West Virginia's uh-huh. offense hadn't right. really done much at the time. That kind of ignited the offense, and and they went from there. That was that was a huge turning point in the game to me. Uh, what do you got play of the game, Stephen? Uh, I like that play. Uh, I like the, the blocked field goal. Uh, yeah, by, by yeah that was my Steels, second choice. Or Dante Steele, sorry. Uh, I thought I thought that was, was one of the. <clears throat> is it, the very confusing? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was Darius. I think was it Darius? Yeah, I believe it was. Okay, okay. it was Darius. Yeah, that was my play of the game. Yeah, I thought that was way, one of the yeah. biggest plays. Uh, yeah, like like I mentioned before, special teams, man. Uh, I thought that that was one of the bigger plays in the games, and if they would have made that, that would have had they would have had uh, that much more of a or that much less of a, a a deficit in the fourth quarter to come back by so i think they said that was our first black field goal since like 2013 or something like that it's so wild it's been a while yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, who, was, who was playing uh was it cincinnati yeah that's what they said i didn't even remember. I think it was cincinnati I didn't I even remember. Well, I, I think just, it's the I, I'm first. I'm just remembering the games uh, from years past. I think it's the first blocked field goal at home since then because they blocked one on the road last oh, year in that yeah. um, Iowa State game. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I think it was the first blocked one at home since at least six years or something like that. So. Memory. And then, um, uh, Bradley, you got anything different for play of the game? Uh, no, I got to go with that Devin Bush play. I think just Devin Bush in general had a stellar game again. I think that kid amazes me. They just had consistency is his thing. So that's what I'm looking for out of him. Just give me consistency. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. He's explosive. Just has to do it uh, consistently all the time. I agree with that. Uh, that um, he can. He's got the, he's got some wheels on him. He averaged 18.5 yards. <laughs> That's, that's play, impressive. So. That's impressive. Got to get him some more touches in space. Well, see, I, I knew he was going to have a, a breakout year because I watched some of uh, Neil Brown's old plays back at Troy, and it just seemed like they were using a lot of those quick side-to-side side plays that he would really, you know, thrive in. So. Yeah, over the middle, like jet sweeps, everything like that. Yeah, yeah. I like the, I like the play call. It's not that I, I don't like the play call. It's just that with the offensive line playing the way they play, we're not going to get very on, on very many teams. We're not going to be able to to execute well on those types of plays. Yeah, it's, it's all up to the what well, offensive line and and if we're going to run those receiver screens, the inside receiver is going to block better because you know yeah. Sam James yeah. had that one on that tunnel screen could have went for big yardage and one of the it was either the lineman or the inside receiver missed the block completely and it went for lost yards. Yeah, Coach Brown uh, noted that too that uh, the receivers didn't block well uh, 
as well as the offensive line. So. Yeah, it was just bad blocking across the board, I think. But I think on offense, we yeah. have some talented players. It's just a matter of uh, them getting more experience and, get, and getting more consistent. And I think you've seen, you know, T.J. Simmons made some plays, Sam James, uh, Bryce Wheaton got deep Sean a couple Ryan times. Got get, get Sean Ryan, George Campbell, I mean, Tevin Bush, of course. I mean, I think there's some guys yeah, there. Good. A lot of people were complaining about drops. But like, guys, you understand this is the first time they're all playing. You know how how long? As you know? a team, exactly. I think they'll. I think they'll improve. You know, coming up with this next game. First full game start for the season goes on. Yeah. Um, all right, player of the game on offense for you, Stephen. Who did you? Uh, who'd you pick? Uh, despite the first half loss, I still went with uh, Austin Kendall. That was my uh, pick because, also. Yeah, because he came back in the second half. Yeah, and he just looked so. So much more confident in the pocket. He uh, he stood his ground. Not you can tell he's not a mobile quarterback at all. Yeah, but he but, he but he is a good quarterback in the pocket. I think once he gets his his timing down with his receivers, uh, he only missed. There were some big plays that he missed by just a step. And you know if he had that timing down by one or two steps or one and a half steps there, uh, those could have broke off to be even bigger plays. So I think once he gets his timing down. Uh, and becomes a little bit more uh, comfortable in the pocket, he'll be better. I liked what he did in the second half, though. Yeah, absolutely. I, I went with Kendall as well. I seen uh, Jed Jenning tweet, tweeted out a stat after the game that in the second half after Austin Kendall settled in, he was like 70% completion, 170 yards, and two touchdowns, and his passer rating was almost 180 in that second half. So I think that Austin Kendall was really – one another reason that you can say this game was won because the way the run game wasn't moving, he, the pass game had to do enough to win you the game, and I think he did that, and that's pretty good for his first start in you know four years, like you were saying. So I went with Austin Kendall as well. His ability to find the open man after like a four or five second, you know, sit back in the pocket, just he'd scoot out a little bit, find the open man in the zone, and you know, it's making their second route option, and he would just have a knack for finding them, and it felt good, you know, have a quarterback that didn't stress when he's been, you know, moving a little bit. Yeah, he's he's calm and, and collected. He's got he's got a little bit of moxie to him. I think I think he's going to be good. But he was definitely throwing checkdown passes early on in the game. I think that was just nervousness. He was yeah, I, I think he was trying to get into a, you know get into a rhythm early on, but later on he settled he had in a and few went couple through his long passes that were touch fingertips. But yeah, yeah, awesome. uh, yeah, a couple misses on those. But I think that's you know timing more than anything, and they'll get that. Yeah, one of which was in the end zone out. was literally right on his fingertips. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's going to be caught so. with you. Absolutely. Um, defensive player of the game. I'll I'll drop mine off first. I'm going Josh Chandler. I wanted to go Darius Stills, but I, I'm going Josh Chandler just because I mean, 14 tackles. His first you know time starting extensively. We've heard a lot about him. 14 tackles, nine of them solo. A pass breakup. Actually leading the Big 12 in tackles following Week One. So that's impressive. And you know the sky's the limit. I think for for Josh Chandler going forward, if he's starting off like that, and and you know Coach Brown and them said that he you know he made 14 tackles, but he could have made some of those uh, into the backfield inst- instead of you know after the running back got downfield a little bit. So so still room to improve, but I think a really high ceiling for Josh Chandler. Yeah, how do you not go with Josh Chandler when you're picking your play of the game? I mean, you could you could make a really strong case for Darius Steeles and all that. Yeah, but I think that's Josh Chandler, man. I, that's going to happen all season long because the way the the way the four two five is working, that's that's who's getting all the tackles because he's getting off the right off that end. It's getting all spilled down to him. So Josh Chandler's there to just you know clean up every single time. Absolutely, and and so, I hate to say it, but I, I think don't know a which lot one of you guys it was to that uh, picked him as your breakout player, but definitely. good job. <laughs> I, I, I think the thing is that a lot of those 
other the, the bat the a lot of the other linebackers were non-existent almost in the game, and I think that's a concern going forward as linebacker play. But you know, if you're going to go five down linemen and Josh Chandler is the only true linebacker, and then five D backs and run like a five one five sometimes, so be Random it. Back. You know, that's kind of that's kind of what you've seen at times. So, uh, but you know, at least he's performing well. Just hopefully some of those other guys uh, come along. I think getting Van Darius Cowan back could be a big boost to them. But while we're talking defense, I want to shout out Hakeem Bailey because he's a guy that's had ups and downs. But I think this new staff has really coached him up well. Yeah. That that pass breakup to stop that touchdown was a huge. big play right yeah. there. Huge Very play. Huge. That he, was going to be a touchdown. He, right he just he played well. I'm still not he, an overall he fan. He was shaky in the first quarter. And after that, I mean, he was – I, that was the best I I've like seen him play late. since since he's oh, been around. Geez. I think after that, he gave up that one yeah. long pass. So I said, I hope this new I hope this new formation really helps out. I hope this new. I think so. All right, before we move on to Missouri, any uh, final thoughts you guys want to give about uh, James Madison, Bradley? Anything you want to else you want to uh, add? JMU, I hope you stomp the rest of the FCS, and uh, uh, it was it was a good win, and I learned a lot. Absolutely, Stephen. Anything else on JMU? Uh, I, I love the way they played, man. They played like a really, really well-coached ball team, even though that was a new coaching staff for them as well. Uh, I think they will do well in the FCS. They might they might actually win the national championship this year. Uh, West Virginia was lucky to win. Uh, so glad we got out of there with the win, man. Absolutely. That's me. Mountaineers are 1-0. That's, I'm excited about it. Go win the FCS National Championship, JMU. And let's move on. Let's preview the first road game of the season against the Missouri Tigers. So West Virginia travels to Missouri Saturday to play Missouri in Columbia at 12 o'clock p.m. Game's going to be broadcast on ESPN2. Uh, Missouri's head coach Barry Odom in his fourth season. Offensive coordinators Derek Dooley in his second season. Defensive coordinator Ryan Walters in his fifth season. So let's talk uh, opening thoughts about this game uh, before we get into some of the personnel and you know the intricacies of, of it. Uh, just some opening thoughts. Uh, Bradley, what's your opening thought about this uh, Missouri team and this matchup coming up on Saturday? Uh, so I'm actually, I'm curious to see how they respond after losing to Wyoming. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a stunning loss because I didn't check it in because I was like, oh yeah, I need to see what Mizzou played this week, you know, just checking in. I saw they lost and I'm like, what in the world? And so I went there and I watched it and you know, I'm not going to lie, Kelly Bryant did not look that great. He had two fumbles. He had uh, an interception, I think, maybe. He had at least yeah, two goals, yeah. I know. An interception. He threw that, I think he threw a pick in the end zone. He didn't look great, and I don't know if that makes me feel confident coming in, thinking, man, he's really struggling, or if it makes me worry that Kelly Bryant's going to come out and uh, pick apart our young man in the backfield. So, you know, I, that's, what, that's a, what I'm going to be looking at. I'm going to be looking test. at that part of the game. Absolutely. Stephen, what about you? Uh, opening thoughts about this matchup. Uh, yeah, I didn't think that uh, – I didn't think the Missouri played well all around. Uh, they, broke, they let the – uh, the Wyoming offense break off for two big run plays. Uh, yeah, they let them run down their throats all night long, man. So uh, I'm I'm still skeptical for our chances, but I like them a little bit better now. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you guys. I think Missouri does, doesn't look as good as I expected they would look, but then I'm also in the camp that's like, did they – is that game an aberration and they're going to be, you know, good from here on out? They're going to be hungry against us and, and play good the rest of the season? Or is that kind of indicative of the team that they actually may be and were maybe possibly a little overhyped heading into the season? I think I'm kind of on the fence and want to see what happens Saturday as far as that as far as far that goes. Because Wyoming, 
yeah, it's a loss I didn't expect coming, but they also played at Wyoming, and, you know, that's a place that uh, has high elevation. They say players that, you know, aren't used to playing at that type of high elevation can get tired easier, so that may have played a factor. And I was surprised that they even played at Wyoming instead of playing at Missouri, but uh, this is going to be their home opener, so I think that they're going to be uh, excited to come out in front of that home crowd. Kelly Bryant's probably going to be excited to play in front of that home crowd, and it's going to be a really good test for West Virginia on Saturday. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good game. Uh, I expect I expect Missouri to, to uh, come out on fire because uh, their offensive coordinator has a really strong history of uh, bouncing off of adversity or adversity oh, yeah. with uh, with positivity. So I look for them to come out a lot better than they did last week. Yeah, I think so too. You know, and and the thing is, Missouri's had you know for the past. I don't know, seven, ten years, seven to ten years, they've always had a good, strong, potent offense. And, you know, I think that's still the case this year, you know, despite the loss and despite the turnovers, which really kind of cost them the loss. You know, Kelly Bryant threw for 400 yards. You know, they put up, I think, almost 500 yards of total offense, or a little bit over 500 yards of total offense, excuse me. But So it's going to be a good test for our defense because uh, it's going to be a whole different style of play than what James Madison played and probably more um, – closely resembling the kind of offenses that we'll see uh, when conference play begins. And like you said, I think I'm not as impressed with Missouri. I, they weren't as good as I expected them to play in their first game. But I also don't think we were as good as I expected us to be in their first game. I'm not going to lie. I expected us to handle JMU a little bit better. I didn't expect to be 10-10 and 10 or 7-10-3 and 3 at halftime. So it was 2-3. 7-3. 7-3. 7-3. Yeah. Would have been 10-3 yeah, without the block field goal. You know, I'm just – I'm going into this with no expectations. You know, I'm going to sit back and be like, I'll take what the game gives to me. I could see us going in there coming out with a close win. I could see us going in there and getting stomped and manhandled. It's I, – I'm really curious also, about this one. I th- I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'm nervous about it, but I'm also cautiously optimistic about what we can do because uh, at, at, you know, Missouri gave up over seven yards of carry to Wyoming. But our offensive running wasn't that great. Exactly. At the same token, we we averaged under two yards a carry, so something's got to give there. Either we're going to break out. 43 total yards of of rushing offense. Yeah. Missouri's probably looking at us running. Thank God they can't run the football. That's the thing. Well, that's correct. And, and here's the thing is how are they going to play us? Because, uh, you know, James Madison loaded to stop the run. Is Missouri looking at our stats thinking we can't run and they're going to play more to the pass and maybe open up the run a little bit for us? You know, it can go one of two ways, I think, for us. It's either either hopefully we're, hopefully we're more balanced this game. If not, it's going to have to rely on our passing offense strictly, and I don't like our chances as much if we have to become one-dimensional in this game as we did against James Madison because I think Missouri's offense is going to put up yards and they're probably going to put up points, and I don't know if us being having to be one-dimensional will be able to keep up with that. I think if they play towards playing against our passing offense, I think that we absolutely destroy them. In the running, I think if they play to the passing game, I think that our running backs open up. We have two running backs go for 100 yards. I think I they will blow them away if they play to our passing game. Yeah, I, I think if they're going to do anything, they're going to they're going to play to our run oh, game box again. more so than oh, they're the going to play to our, play to, to our pass game. Because uh, I mean, it's not a secret of the stable of backs that we have, uh, but I don't think either either of the teams are going to be playing at all the style of offense uh, that they played against last week. Because Wyoming runs a very different offense than what West Virginia runs. And then, mm-hmm. and then you have Missouri's offense that runs a very uh, a different type of, uh, than what JMU runs. So 
It's going to be very different types of games than what we've seen out of these two teams last week. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And I think, you know, like you guys said, the smart money for Missouri would be, you know, you know, we only beat James Madison by seven. Our offense didn't even put up 300 yards. So why not copy that template, load the box, and try and, you know, man up the receivers, put, you know, things like that. But at the same token, I, I think that – Exactly. I think our, our receivers are going to be – and our receiver and quarterback chemistry is going to be more improved. So, you know, we might be able to get some deep shots if they try and follow that follow that same template as well because I think there were some deep shots there yesterday – or not yesterday, but during the game Saturday that we missed that we may not miss going forward. Like I said, it's all about timing. Exactly. I mean, people just in the open field just right now. Exactly. So um, – Let's look, look a little bit about the personnel. Uh, key players on Missouri's offense, we talked about Kelly Bryant, transferred from Clemson. You know, great winning percentage as a starter. 423 yards, two touchdowns, but did have a few turnovers in week one. Looked shaky at times. Uh, running back Larry Roundtree ran for over 1,200 yards last year, all-SEC performer. Uh, tight end, I'm not even going to try and uh, pronounce his last game, last name, so we'll just call him Albert O. Albert O was all-American tight end, three catches over 70 yards last week. He's going to be tough to stop, and that's one thing I'm anxious to see oh, is yeah. how our defense matches up with the tight end in this new scheme. And then, of course, they have two uh, good wide receivers, one in Jonathan Johnson and the other one in the Arkansas transfer, Jonathan Nance, who had two touchdowns last week. So um, looking at some of this personnel and, and Missouri's offensive style, how do you guys expect them to attack West Virginia's defense? And how do you expect West Virginia's defense to defend against this offense uh, in this game coming up? Uh, Steven, what do you got? Uh, I expect them to go uh, to the air a little bit. I like them. To, uh, they go to the tight end quite a bit. Uh, the, that dude is huge. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you. It's, funny, it's funny enough, man. I was looking at his name and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not giving that a shot. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Alberto. 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 That's who it is, man. Uh, yeah, he's gonna huge. he's gonna go to old, uh, Alberto quite a bit if uh, history proves anything. Uh, and that get that guy is really big. He's six five, two hundred and fifty five pounds. Uh, he's only in his third season. His most productive season was when he was a freshman, so he's still, uh, you know, still learning, I guess, quite a bit. But the guy's a stud, man. I remember watching the highlights, and I think, it was, player last week. I think it was the last play of the game. They almost had a chance to win it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they he did. threw it over to the other wide receiver, and I'm like, man, this this tight end, I didn't know his name was Alberto. I was just watching highlights. But my man, he was wide open right there, and you know, on the goal line. You know, I'm throwing it to that dude every single time. It blew my mind. Absolutely. So I'm like, man, this kid. I, I would have definitely tried it. He only had three receptions for 72 yards. I mean, 72 three yards. For 72 on yards. Right. Yeah. And, right. and that sounds the, like Gary that's Gaines it. Number yeah. <laughs> that's it. David Stills stops. Well, and the and the I guess the silver lining for West Virginia is that he's been battling injury through spring and through the fall. He didn't even practice a lot through fall camps. They didn't know exactly how he'd perform, but it looks like he's still hitting it in stride. So yeah, I think still got a little bit if he's performing like that. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, it obviously didn't affect him this in the practice time. So. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but I think you know. If anything, we all know about the three-three-five struggles in covering the tight end over the years. So hopefully, yeah, we'll get a, you just beat that guy up. You know what I mean? Hit him every time you get a chance. You know, really, if he hasn't had time to be in the system, make him hurt a little bit. Put exactly. some trouble on. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Vic Coning and his defense handles the tight end versus how it was handled in the past uh, when you had Coney. a lot of guys running for. What, so. what a southern football man! He just old style football. Man, yeah, we haven't seen much, but uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I like the Coning man. I like oh, the, man, I I like the style guy. of coaching this guy favorite. brings to the table. I think our team likes him too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. 
I, I like I like his interviews, his press conferences. He's always got some good analogies and some good quotables and stuff. I, I like Bitcoining a lot. He's, he's it's almost like a Bob Huggins esque type person. He really yeah, is kind yeah, of that very, type very of that type guy. of personality, that type of mold. But um, as as far as Missouri's defense, uh, some of the key players. We'll flip it over to the other side now. I'll talk a little bit about West Virginia's offense versus their defense. Uh, some of the key players on the Missouri defense. I think you got to start in the middle with the linebacker Kel Garrett. Over 100 tackles the past two seasons, 16 tackles in week one. So he's going to be all over the field. Uh, the defensive tackle, Jordan Elliott, a uh, good pass rusher on the interior, solid against the run, all SEC performer. Then they have the DB, Demarcus Acey, led the team in interceptions last year, back again this year. And then both the safeties, uh, Bledsoe and Gillespie, have been praised by coach, head coach Barry Odom and says they could be the best tandem that he's seen at safety together. So um, pretty strong on defense despite their struggles in week one if you look personnel wise but uh you know that doesn't always games aren't played on paper so um what are you thinking about West Virginia's offense and how they will attack this Missouri defense and what type of success they will have uh Bradley we'll start with you this time yeah I think we're gonna try to, I think this is gonna be another good test for alignment to see if they you know they take a it's not gonna be as good of the line problem that we saw at JMU but they got a better defensive back set so we're gonna have you know a quarterback that has to sit in the pocket for a few seconds you know find that Give it time for the, the the routes to develop and to really try to find somebody when they finish the route. So, you know, this this could be a good chance for offense to try to shine. And, you know, we really suck those guys out that we can really start hitting this run game going and get it going strong. I think we got a chance. I, I really do. But I think Austin Kendall might struggle a little bit with this game if he doesn't get time to, like, sit back there and just pick his spots. Absolutely. Pass protection is going to be going to be big. And I think that the bright spot of that is for the most time, part, he's good. yeah, for the most part, pass, you know, run block struggle, but pass protection was actually fairly decent in the first game. You mm-hmm. know, Austin Kendall got hit a few times, but there was only one sack and that was kind of more also Kendall, tra- Kendall trying to scramble out when he got sacked that one time. So, you know, pass protection looked good. So that's kind of a bright spot that you can kind of look to that may help you in this game. Uh, Steven, anything you want to add about West Virginia's offense against Missouri's defense? Uh, yeah, I think you'll see a lot of similarities from last week. The way we started, I think we'll try to open up the run game quite a bit and see how that uh, works out for us and test those waters because I, I think you have to. I mean, you know, the way Absolutely. the defense played for Missouri against Wyoming, I think you, you at least have to try if you're West Virginia. Yeah, uh, have to hit that run game hard. Yeah, man, I, I think you'll see a lot of that in the beginning. Uh, as, as the game goes on, um, I think that you try to go back over top. Like I said last week, man, you, you start off with the run game, you take it over top. And, you know, they do have a that with George Campbell last week and uh, worked out pretty well for him. So I expect a little bit of the same thing this week. Absolutely. I think that if West Virginia can get the run going this week, the play action pass could be huge because it wasn't really a factor last week because the run wasn't a factor. So the play action pass wasn't that big of a factor as I feel like it could be for this team uh, moving forward, especially if they get the run game. And and I'm, I'm kind of of the thought that I, I expect West Virginia's run game to come out and, and look pretty good in this game. They're probably mad. The running backs are mad. I'm sure the offensive line's mad. They've watched the film. They've seen their performance. They know they can do better. I think they're going to come out with a physical hard edge. That's what I'm expecting. And hoping for anyway. See, you know, really back you know, our first game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's. I I I don't think that they they'll have a worse rushing performance. At least I hope not. It'd be hard to have a worse rush performance than they had in game one. But he'd be very hard pressed. Yeah, I think that it's the thing that you got to look to because, you know, the running backs are, are the strength of the team. So I think that, you know, it's it's on the blocking because I think if there's a hole there, these running backs are going to make plays. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Missouri's bulk of their defense is their linebacking core. I mean, Kel Garrett and Nick Bolton, I mean, those guys accumulated oh, for most of the, 
the tackles last week on their defense. So I think, you know, if we're going to have a running game, you're going to have to get past those guys. Yeah. You're going to have to or get around the outside edge, you know, throw it, get around to the sides. Shed blocks, get off onto another block. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, Neil, Neil Brown said in the first game they were purposely vanilla. And I think that was a lot for, you know, to save some things for this game. And, of course, for down the road as well. But I think I wouldn't that be surprised. That was a very vanilla play call. Yeah. I mean, we weren't risking anything. Yeah, everything, right. everything was inside zone, outside zone. You didn't see any guards pulling, you know, no real options or, or anything like that. And I think you'll see him pull out some stops this game, kind of dress that run game up, you know, with some counters and some power plays and, you know, maybe a little read option, triple option looks on some plays also i think that you know this week you'll really see the uh, run game uh, perform better and you know with more versatility and a little bit more window dressing on those plays yeah i think as time goes on you're going to see neil brown call more uh i don't want to say risky plays but uh he's gonna there's there's definitely a lot of tricks up his sleeve and he, he's not gonna be so conservative the whole time <laughs> no Absolutely. And, you know, I think if you look on some of those plays that were, hand, that were handoffs, it looked like Austin Kendall could have pulled that out and ran it off the side. And I think that he was advised not to in that game where they were keeping a vanilla. So, you know, if Missouri's watching that tape thinking he's not a threat, you know, he's not the fastest guy. But if nobody – if he gets can get around the edge, he can get 10, 15 yards before anybody can get to him. Space, you know? yeah. yeah, exactly. So. And he obviously looked well enough to not bring another quarterback in, like exactly. we were told was yeah. a possibility. Well, the thing is, you know, we're talking about Wyoming, and that's that was kind of their offense to beat Missouri was they had a big running quarterback, a fast running quarterback. They loaded up with tight ends and fullbacks and ran the quarterback. So if if you're going to play Trey Lowe and you have a package for Trey Lowe, wouldn't you think this would be the game you would break it out after you've seen what Wyoming did last week? Definitely. Running quarterback. Yeah. I think that if you got a package, I think this is a week you, you break it out. I, I would – I would, anyways. Which is the running Virginia quarterback. Uh, West Virginia not going to play that well against the running quarterback, I don't believe. Uh, if, if the defense goes to, to prove anything in later games this season like they played this past Saturday. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, that that's what kind of makes you nervous. Yeah. That, that's what makes you nervous about Kelly Bryan a little bit. But then uh, on the other side of the coin, you know, being in the Missouri offense, it looks like they're trying to make him more into a passer, and he's trying to work on his passing more. That accompanied with the fact that he did suffer a hamstring injury during fall camp may make him less of a threat to run. Not saying that he won't. You know, he may gash us, but I'm just he saying. He fumbled that ball twice. I'll let him run any time. I'm, I'm not really concerned about uh, to, uh Kelly Bryan, as much as I'm concerned about Jalen Hurts or, uh, you know, Sam Ellinger oh, yeah. or some of those guys. Down the road, that, um, now that's a different. Their head in there. Yeah, let's calm down Jay- with the Big 12 talk. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. Let's calm. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the Big 12. I, I don't even those want guys to look good, man. I don't even want to think about thinking Jalen Hurts right now. Uh, we just we just be the JME team, you know, but not too much. Let's uh let's get through. Enjoy music. the win? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay, we're <laughs> we have to take it week by week because – I, don't even want to I like where we're sitting for this game. I think we're. I think I'm not worried. I think I'm excited to watch this game and see what Neil Brown does. And if we come out with a win, then oh boy, am I going to be excited. But if we come out with a close loss, then I can't be too bad at that either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's set you up well for week three too. Yeah, fight, keep the fight in this one. But, you know, I've, I've listened to a few Missouri podcasts uh, this week and things like that. And, you know, they're talking, you know, they're favored by, I think, 14 at this point at least. 13.5. 13.5, so right in there, two touchdowns. And, you know, the Missouri uh, 
faithful or thinking that after that loss to Wyoming, they need to come out and, you know, put a licking on West Virginia and really dominate the game. So I think they're expecting Missouri to win this game handily. And I don't see it. I don't see, you know, that I'm not saying West Virginia is going to win. Hope they do. Not saying they're not. Uh, saying don't look at it that way. I haven't felt West Virginia's been looking at that way in a while. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that it's yeah. going to be that type of game. I think it's going to be close either way it goes. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself, Missouri. Exactly. When West Virginia's counted exactly. out against that's like that, that's when West Virginia really fights and, and plays great. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think you're going to see a little bit of a, a dogfight on Saturday. I think it's, it's going to be a lot a lot better of a game than what these guys are uh, anticipating. It's going to be closer than 13.5. I can tell yeah. you that. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be one of those, you know, uh, one of those games that makes you uh, a little bit nervous, a little too close for comfort. I'm going to be on the edge of my seat in the fourth quarter. I feel like. So, um, having talked about personnel talk numbers a little bit, let's get into our X factor for the game. Um, X factor for this game, what could give West Virginia an edge? Uh, what do you got for X factor this week, Stephen? Uh, I'm going two weeks in a row. I'm going offensive line. I think that the offensive line unit uh, is crucial once again this week. I think uh, if they can block well, get a running game going, uh, that's that's going to be key, man. you got to do that to beat this defense uh, just like they got beat last week. So if I'm picking Absolutely. anything, it's one line. I'm right there with you. I listed my X factor as the West Virginia run game, so I think they go hand in hand. West Virginia has to establish a run in this game, you know, especially after seeing what Wyoming did. They really got a chance here to do something, and it can really open up the offense, and the offense can perform a lot better than they did against James Madison, which they're going to need to do to win this game. So that's my X factor there as well. Uh, Bradley, what do you got as far as X factor for this matchup? Um, I think this game I'm looking at my defensive backs, honestly. You got Kelly Bryant back there, and, I mean, that's going to be the best quarterback that these guys are going to see for, you know, <laughs> I mean, I guess Texas or, <laughs> you know. But yeah. still, you know, this is, this is a damn good quarterback. This isn't – this I will say this is a step up from JD's quarterback, and I think if you let this veteran sit back there and throw this ball on you guys, you know, and the defensive line's getting pressure, you know, and he's trying to get it out, you just cut your assignments, you know. Absolutely. I think you got to try you and force him into some mistakes. Yeah, it's it's gonna yeah, be. A I'm great excited test about defensive them. line play. Yeah, it's gonna give be a great our test. If our if our defensive backs get on there and stick, and they can't find you know somebody to pass to, then our defensive line's gonna get him. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Seemed like uh seemed like every third ball was batted down last week. I don't know about you guys. It seemed like they got back there a lot though. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I agree. The pass rush, especially in that second half, was phenomenal. Which. Uh, Bradley's point kind of transitions me right into the key to victory because my key to victory, I'll start it off because it kind of dovetails off that. I'm going secondary play. Last week I went secondary play as the key to victory. Uh, thought they played well, but James Madison also didn't really attack them in the way that Missouri's going to attack the secondary. Um, it's kind of going to be more close, closely resemble what a Big 12 offense kind of looks like. They're going to spread you out. They're going to try and throw down the field. They're going to throw it to a lot of guys. Uh, just real, you know, Big 12-style offense from a team that used to be in the Big 12 and a veteran quarterback in Kelly Bryant. Great players like Albert, uh, the wide receiver Johnson, the wide receiver Nance, and the running backs can factor in there the pass game as well, and the running backs can run as well. So I think it's a pretty uh, high 
powered offensive attack. And so West Virginia's secondary is going to really be the uh, one thing that can be the key to victory in this one, because if they play well and, you know, hold Kelly Bryant, you know, not even, not, not even necessarily hold him numbers wise, but if they can force him into mistakes in the way that Wyoming did and force turnovers like they get against James Madison and the way that Vic Coning wants and uh, the sec- safety is hold up and the young corners hold up, I think that West Virginia can get the victory. So that's my key to victory. Uh, what do you got, Bradley? What's your key to victory in this one? I think this is something we haven't even brought up the whole day, but it's something I do want to bring up. I think my key to the victory is going to be uh, procedural penalties because we didn't mm-hmm. really suffer from too many of those. I guess, Jamie, I mean, not a lot of false starts. I think we had five in total, you know, not a lot of delayed games, et cetera, et cetera. If we can keep those limited, I think that's going to be a huge part as well, you know, going into a, a huge away crowd, you know, are we really going to be able to keep our, you know, wits about us and not, not freak out in front of the big leads? Absolutely. It was a relatively clean game that Virginia played, and hopefully that's really just indicative of the type of team Neil Brown has and has and being well-coached and being mistake-free when it comes to turnovers and penalties, which is also a pleasant change if that is the case, which it seems like it may be. Um, Steven, what about you? What do you got key to victory? Uh, yeah, mine kind of uh, coincides with what Bradley said and, and you know, the procedural penalties. Uh, it, what I've got is flow of offense. I think uh, – I think West Virginia's flow of offense kind of was shaky a little bit last week, but at times looked really good. Uh, we had a couple plays there where uh, you had a couple false start penalties, like uh, Bradley mentioned, but you also had a couple plays, like I mentioned earlier, where you got just a step early on the re- or, uh, on the receivers on the pass plays. So uh, I think if we can get a good rhythm down on the offense and, uh, like I mentioned earlier, establish a run game, uh, I think that will bode really well for West Virginia. But I like what you said, too, because um, – uh, about the defense because if we can force turnovers you know that's big you know west virginia forcing well, what do we have two three turnovers last week two on defense and then the one on the on the on the punt there when they muffed it there you go so those and then west virginia has none so west virginia uh continues to uh mimic that and that'll be good Absolutely, and I think, you know, like you said, got to string some drives together, um, you know, against James Madison. They hit on a couple plays outside the red zone, but I think this is one where you got to string some drives together and, you know, get into the red zone and, you know, get into more of a flow offensively, as you said, because, you know, it's way too many three and outs against James Madison, and you're going to have to play good offensively to uh, – beat this Missouri team because this is a team that you're not going to shut out or anything like that, so you're going to have to score some points and put up some yards. Got to be offensive. Absolutely. So, all right, now that we've got those two covered, uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's talk predictions. Let's talk predictions for Saturday's game. Who's going to win? What's the score going to be? Uh, Steven, start with you this time. Uh, I'm going to go 27-24 Missouri. Uh, Ooh, I like it close. Uh, I, I still ex- expect Missouri to win this game um, because I don't think West Virginia is going to be able to uh, get the offensive uh, – line push that they that they're going to need to be able to win the ball game but mm-hmm. i do expect them to fight the entire time i don't expect west virginia to ever go away uh but uh and i hope they surprise me but I, i'm picking missouri in this one i'm with you bradley what do you got prediction wise uh i think i think the mountaineers come into this game fighting i think no brown has them ready to go i think he has them hungry and I think it's a close game, and I think that we keep in it till the very end. I think we got the last drive of the game, and we come up short, 28-24 in the zoo. But we're proud of our uh, proud of our guys. We take the L, and we get ready for NC State. 
right on. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game as well. Um, like your guys' predictions, I'm right around there score-wise. Seems like we were all kind of thinking the same score-wise. Um, I've got it. Missouri taking the W 35-24. to 24. I think it'll be the type of game West Virginia is down 28-24, looking for a stop to try and get the ball back. And Missouri punches one in the end zone late to get the uh, 35-24 win. But I think it'll be a hard-fought game from start to finish. My only thing is I just don't know if – West Virginia has the horses offensively yet to be able to score consistently with Missouri enough to be able to win this game. And if our defense can hold them enough for us to keep up with them in the score. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I think if it if it can if it stays close until the fourth quarter, that's a win in my mind for the for the WBU team this year. Absolutely. Keep the game close. Absolutely. Keep the you know, it's it's going to be a fight, I think, and I think that this will be a team that's ready ready for the fight. I think they're going to be a. I think you know, with the physicality that they lacked against James Madison, and the fact that Neil Brown has you know preached the lack of physicality, I think you'll see them come out um, ready to fight and really physical in this game and give Missouri all they want. Definitely. Just continue to progress. Week one yep. to week two. Yep, that's right. And, you know, uh, hopefully we're wrong. Hopefully they come out with the win. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Got to make a prediction one way or the other. Uh, we all predicted a loss to Missouri in the season prediction roundtable. Yeah, so we're one, sticking so with it. We're all, we're, all, we're all sitting pretty on our predictions. So exactly. Far. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, we'll all want to know right now, I believe. Yep, we'll that's it. NC State next week. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think right. we all had the NC State as a, as a, as a W. So. All right. We'll see. You know, a lot of improvement comes from game one to game two, they say. That's usually where you see your most improvement. So hopefully West Virginia does see that, and we'll see. We'll let the chips fall where they may on Saturday. Um, that being said, any final thoughts, guys? Bradley, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Oh, thank the Lord college football is back in the swing. Amen. Yeah, no doubt <laughs> about that, brother. It's been a long wait. Absolutely. Steven, any final thoughts? No, man, I'm just excited for another – Another WVU game, man. It's been a long it's time. It seems like the weeks are longer now. but Absolutely. Another great chance to watch the Mountaineers. Gotta love it. So hopefully the Mountaineers are 2-1-0 and come away with a road win after this Saturday after playing at Missouri. We'll see what happens. Either way, we're looking forward to seeing West Virginia take on Missouri in Columbia this Saturday at noon. Tune in to ESPN2 to watch the game. As always, this has been the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Yeah, Follow Almost Heaven Athletics. Follow Almost Heaven Athletics on Twitter at WV. Follow the podcast on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. Um, find us on any podcast platform you like to listen to, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. You can find us, subscribe to us, and most importantly, share us through Mountaineer Nation as we continue to grow. So that being said, for Bradley and Steven, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go Mountaineer. Oh,